Hello, dear listener. We are back from our little hiatus to bring you the biggest and the guestiest episode yet. You're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 79, Two Bossy Dames of Fun. Enjoy! I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. I'm Sophie. And I'm Margaret. And you're listening to... Rosie and Jessica's two, two bossy games of fun. fun. Hiya! Hi, everyone! <laughs> I feel like we really dropped the ball in not saying that last thing in synchronization with you guys, but like I wouldn't have been able to do it. That is yeah. fine. It's uh, really fun in the edit to line up. Never quite matches. <laughs> Yeah. That's mainly why we have jingles now, is that I was so fed up of trying to get us to sing What Have We Seen This Week in Unison <laughs> every episode. I'm just going to sing it myself. Well, the jingles sound terrific. Thank you. Jessica yeah. didn't really know they were coming until they did. I was equally entertained by them, as our listeners, I'm sure, were. So as uh, you can hear, dear listener, z listeners, plural, <laughs> we have two very, very special guests with us today. We have Dame Sophie and Dame Margaret of Two Bossy Dames, our very good transatlantic pals. Transatlantic sisters. Yeah. Like unofficial yes. Fletchers. Yeah. Secret yeah. sisters. Um, I'm voracious about acquiring sisters because I don't have any. Mm-hmm. And like all of you jerks, all I have is one <laughs> older brother. So like I just I have to go out, <laughs> rustle them up, steal them from other people. So I am both an unofficial Brookover and an unofficial Fletcher. Yeah. I feel great about it. It's true. I, I yeah. always wanted a younger brother. That is exactly what Jessica said when I was born. These were my first words. So I'm being told that I had a little sister. I was, well, you got that wrong. I, I wanted a brother. But, you know, you have a little sister. I wanted a brother. It's kind of set the tone for the entire relationship. It's been 20, 26 years. I'm, I'm getting Yeah, I'm getting and I can still I'm through it. crushing disappointment. Yeah. What did you think was going to be so great about a brother? No idea. Because I can tell you. Like, Not a clue. I suppose you'd picked a name for a brother, but you hadn't picked a name for a sister. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it. I was what like, was well, the that... name you picked for your brother? What should, what's Boy Rosie's alter ego name? Edmund. Edmund. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. That's quality. I think Edmund is kind of within me. <laughs> you might have been an Edward, I think. I think they, sure, you suggested I... Edmund and then that got translated into Edward. By yes. our parents, ah, because you were watching yeah. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That's what happened. So you just wanted a betrayer? Yeah. I yeah, want my yeah. sibling to be the worst one. <laughs> it's a good name. It's like, a really yeah, solid I think name. It's, yeah. it's a Personality name. characteristics notwithstanding. Not so much, but it's a better name than... Arthur Darville was in a band called Edmund when he was a teenager, named after said Edmund. Said Edmund. I mean, I can picture it exactly. <laughs> Skinny jeans involved, please let there have been Probably. It would have been like probably a bit before the Strokes indie renaissance, so more like late Britpop, I think. Picture it because I can. I know because I reread his Wikipedia page this week. Anyway, great insight into my life. (laughs) (laughs) Under my notes for intro, I have one word because we only recorded six days ago, and that one word is nosebleed, and I don't think that's really appropriate, (laughs) but I was trying to remember what had happened this week. Oh, my, my intro usually just says intro and then I try and remember other stuff oh. <laughs> that's why every intro recording ends up being like so that's what I've done Jessica <laughs> I, actually, I did do things this week I went bowling with friends from work and one of my colleagues and I accidentally wore basically his and hers versions of the, of the same outfit nice. um, which was cool um, and we accidentally synced up our bowling as well so we kept on taking our turn at the same time in the lane next to each other um, weird this sounds like a Brit pub <laughs> 
video. Yeah. yeah. Was the band Edmund playing in the background? By the time we were finishing, <laughs> the other two lanes had finished, so everyone was just watching us in our matching outfits. <laughs> just... <laughs> and then we realised that we had an audience, and that didn't play into it very well. We both ended up sitting on the floor in our in our green t-shirts and our bowling balls. And... But I got a strike, so that was worth it. Woo! That was good. Yeah, I am a really bad bowler. My bowling yeah. technique is to ask them to put the little walls up and then yeah, <laughs> right. ricochet it into the right place. I was unable to do that because we were playing like with loads of us. Uh, <laughs> and I figured maybe it wouldn't go down that well. Like, hey, could we have the kitty the kitty lanes up? The kitty bumpers. Yeah. Could I please also have that slide for the ball as well? Oh no, <laughs> they were used. They made an appearance on several occasions by the by the friend with the same outfit. But I yeah, I like to use the the sides because then you can sort of just bounce it off and it's easier to aim. Yeah, it's much more physics. Fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't do sport. Do physics. Or yeah, maths or whatever. like use your use your vectors. Yeah. And apparently, it turns out I never knew, but I'm the most casual bowler in the world because everyone else was like doing a run up and doing that kind of bowling pose when your your mm-hmm. right leg like disappears under you, and I just take a step forward and sort of throw it. And I never um, knew that I either I particularly did this or that that's wrong. So I just sort of lobbed the ball. Like a very comical bowler because I I do the run up, but then I just stop dead, <laughs> and then I bowl. So it's like a run up it's sled. <laughs> And then I aim, and then I bowl. I don't know why. All the pieces, but just not (laughs) Not putting together in one. There's no flow. Yeah. No flow. No flow at all. Um, Which is probably why I'm such a bad bowler. (laughs) I'm really good at wee bowling. There's a round where you get 100 (laughs) pins. Oh. (laughs) Pretty good at that one. Get them all down. It's like I'm really good at driving in Mario Kart. So, and I'll be terrified because I'm planning on learning to drive, but I don't know what if someone throws a shell at my uh, car, what I'm supposed uh, to do. Am that I was... the only person who can drive here? Oh, no, okay. Jessica drives. Oh, okay, good. So it's just All me right. and Rosie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, right. My week started in abject defeat, but then ended in great triumph. So I assume the great triumph is this conversation. That's the correct I mean, obviously, yeah. <laughs> what was the defeat? The tragic defeat was on Monday, I had to go in and renew my uh, state-issued ID. And so I decided on a whim, I was like, well, maybe I'll get my learner's permit as well, which is the step that you have to take before you get your license. And to get a learner's permit in Massachusetts, you have to take like a written exam, like verifying, you know, traffic rules and regulations. And I took a few practice exams and I was like, good. I was like, yellow dotted line means you can pass on a two lane highway. I know what shape the yield sign is. I know who has the right of way in a rotary. I know how a four way stop works. I'm great. I'm covered. Turns out that like half the questions in the Massachusetts exam are not about actual traffic laws, but they're about uh, what happens to junior operators, i.e. people between the ages of 16 and 18, <laughs> who like break the rules of having a learner's permit while in possession of a learner's permit. <laughs> Could you not it's just like... put NACC date of birth on it? Yeah. <laughs> no, apparently see, not. See the With date of birth on the test. permit you're about to issue me. Yeah. So you only have to get, you are asked 25 questions and you have to get 18 right. And I got 17 right. No. And you have to pay the $30 for the test either way. Oh. So the Massachusetts Registry of Motor Vehicles just stole $30 from me with their garbage test. Um, they should so definitely have a separate exam for like adult learners. Yeah. Clearly they should because it really is not pertinent to my life what happens to a 16 to 18 year old caught speeding yeah. with their junior operator. Were you accidentally become doing the test to become a traffic cop in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts? <laughs> Did you walk into the wrong room at the DVLA? This is the beginning um, of a sitcom. Yes! <laughs> I had be a some comfort cute. 
Yep. And knowing that uh, one of my friends from high school who also can't drive had the exact same thing happen to him. He was like, I feel like there should have just been an option where I'm like, I'm not a teenager, nor am I the parent of a teenager. So <laughs> I don't give a hoot. But no, I should tell you about my triumph because I feel like it's very like, I feel like it's very day Did of fun. Did you get 19 out of, on your score? <laughs> no, I did contemplate going back and taking the score again but you have to wait again and pay again and i was like forget that i wouldn't ever bother driving at this rate just write that off for the rest of your life um then i went and i did some uh, therapeutic window shopping at the target that's in the same like shopping mall Mm -hmm. as the dmv so that was you know some comfort um but the important thing is is yesterday was indie bookstore day in america where independent bookstores i know rosie is just like clutching her heart at the idea that this event exists i saw this on twitter and i was so jealous what I actually got to do is my favorite bookstore, Harvard Books in uh, Harvard Square, did an after-hours like spooky event where they That's brought great, in yeah. oh. uh, Samantha Hunt, the author of Mr. Splitfoot, and Kelly Link, who's written a bunch of like really creepy short story collections, to tell ghost stories and read excerpts of their work. And then they let us loose in the dark bookstore with commemorative flashlights to do <laughs> shopping. And I got to do reader's advisory for a nice lady whose book I subsequently bought, like by flashlight in the used books basement. And I met two guys who agreed on the primary importance of Connie Willis's To Say Nothing of the Dog. And prior to that, I went over to my friend Anne's apartment and um, we pooled all of our lipsticks together and we just tried out everybody's different brands to see what color pops looked best on all of us. And it was... Like, I felt that portion particularly felt like I was inside an uh, advertising for um, birth control. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're all like, young, pretty. Maybe like a probiotic yogurt. Exactly. Definitely. Those two things go together always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my friend Anne actually has a poster on her wall that just says, No Boys Allowed, and it's in like a floral print. <laughs> um, she has like a jackalope, a pink jackalope with gold glitter antlers it was she'd bought a pineapple commemoratively to just display because pineapples are a big decorative motif in american clothing right now and everybody in this group text is really into it so oh we're still working yeah. through owls uh, we're, we're getting into foxes foxes are taking over from yeah. owls mm. yeah. yeah i can't wait until badgers are cool <laughs> me neither the greatest animal great. on the planet Sophie, how are you? How has your week been? I'm fine. I'm good. I was just scrolling back through my tweets to see like what I was thinking about this week. That is classic um, day of fun it. preparation. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> what did I think about and have thoughts and say things about this week? Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So this week I was still sad about Prince dying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. May he rest in peace forever. Um, my husband and I had a conversation about how on earth a man who was such a control freak might have forgotten to have a will made yeah like yeah they, they used to drill to open up his secret vault because nobody knew the code except him <laughs> uh right well and there was enough like enough recorded material in that vault for them to release an album posthumously every year into the next century wow yeah uh, that's also too many. videos for a lot of that music including a partially completed documentary that Kevin Smith was making about him. What? Kevin yeah. Smith? What? Yes. All right. There's a whole I thing. am. Let me, let me mark myself down as officially disappointed because I was reading some great Twitter anecdotes about like uh, black female writers who got mm-hmm. their start 
in mm-hmm. the business because Prince insisted that if he was going to be interviewed for InStyle magazine, they had to have a woman of color interview him. And so, like, Kevin Smith is, like, the exact opposite of a woman of color. Who then says, I want Silent Bob to make my documentary. Yeah, I, I cannot remember <laughs> I why this was happening, but it was happening. And I remember seeing an interview with him where he talked about it and how much he, like, loved Prince. I mean, obviously. And how, like, he was nearly done with this project and then prince was like um no so there was that and then the other the really exciting cultural thing for me this week is there was the news that there will be a 30th anniversary like two-day re-release of labyrinth with david bowie in september and that is right around the time that my daughter will be turning 11 so happy mamaversary to me (laughs) i will take her as my gift to myself i guess uh, yep. So we'll we'll go as a family. And she's just the right age to have that sexual awakening happen. Exactly the right age. <laughs> For David Bowie in those leggings. Exactly. Yeah. The first time I saw it, my friends and I then watched the trailer afterwards because it was on the DVD. And we were maybe about 15 or 16. And the trailer is kind of like, yes, the imagination of Jim Henson and something, something. So the excitement of David Bowie. Like, <laughs> the excitement is quite the word, Mr. Movie Phone. Yes. And you know what it's quite a lovely euphemism. Yeah, it is exciting. (laughs) That's amazing. There's a cinema in London, uh, which is an amazing independent cinema that does a lot of special events, and they quite regularly do labyrinth masquerade balls. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. I don't think I could attend that. I feel like I would be. I could never do like costume things, but. I appreciate that they do that. I think yes. that's wonderful. I went to an all-night Wes Anderson there. It was amazing. Wow. I wow. remember listening to you talk about that on this podcast. <laughs> They're doing another one in a couple of months' time. All right, great. I'll book my ticket. Yeah. Fantastic. It's a lie. It's, Get a lie. Over here. it's not a lie. It's an aspiration. <laughs> yeah, it's an aspiration. An aspiration to having a wealthy husband. Yeah. You know, if I become super rich, I will marry you, Margaret. I will be oh, in a marital convenience so you. you can come That's to Europe. Beautiful. You heard it oh here my first, God. everyone. If I ever become super rich, I'll marry you too. Wow. It's only here. It's only <laughs> beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Uh, tell our mother to buy a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica and Margaret, would you like to share some songs with us? Yes, I will go first. My song this week, I had to change it because I nearly doubled up by accident. My song is... Dirty Little Secret by the All-American Rejects in honor of our guests. That is I'd already had Swing Swing. You. I, was in, I was in the process of writing my top five, you see, so I was like, yeah, let's keep the theme going. I don't remember the name of the album it's from. And I just remember that we briefly did facts about our songs, but let's not do that today. My facts are always the same yeah. fact, which is, I heard this on Spotify's Discover Weekly playlist. I really should know a lot more about Galway Girl in that case, because every week that's on my list. <laughs> Every week. Spotify are really keen for you to hear every recorded version of that song. I really, I've never, I'm like, I'm like the one Spotify Discover Weekly refusenik in this conversation. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I've tried a couple times and I just always end up skipping like two or three of the first few songs. And I'm like, "Uh, why do I want to know what this algorithm wants me to listen to (laughs) when I know what I want to listen to? And my friends find amazing things through their Spotify Discover Weeklies. I get great benefit from the fact that this feature exists. I just refuse to benefit other people by using it. <laughs> and sometimes I um, really cannot fathom how they have picked the songs for me. Like, why do you think I want to listen to this? What did I listen to that made right. you think that this was appropriate for me to give to me as a gift on my day off? Why have you done this? But all of this is beside the point because my song of the week is not available on Spotify. Which means... What's yours? 
Uh, yeah, I know, Sophie, we're going to have things in the same album, <laughs> um, obviously, because both of us are obsessed with Lemonade by Beyonce. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've actually been like sham obsessed for the first half of the week because I hadn't actually been able to watch it. I was at a wedding when the special aired and I didn't want to listen to the album until I'd seen the special. So then finally on Friday, I bought the special and the album and I watched it and I was incredibly moved. And then I spent all day yesterday listening to it and nothing but it and resenting everything in my life that wasn't listening to the album because it's really good. <laughs> and my song is Sorry, which is, I think, it's right after the angriest song where she brings like Jack White in to shred guitars, which is literally my only complaint with the album. It's just like, Jack White, did you have to? There are so many ladies who play guitar. Get some St. Vincent up in there. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Maybe a Britney Howard from the Alabama Shakes. But like, you know what, Bay? Like, you know your process. Like he it's a great sounding thing. I just find him gently exhausting. But so there's the angriest song, and then this is the second angriest song. But it's when she's like just like happy and like bouncily angry. And the chorus is like middle fingers in the air, like wave him in his face, tell him boy bye. And I'm like so, so into it because I'm really having a lot of um you know, like when your friend has an emotional fight with her boyfriend and then they work it out, but you only hear about it after the fact and like she's fine with it. So you have to be fine with it. But like in your heart, like you're still mad because like you just found out this stuff <laughs> went down. That's how I am with Jay-Z right now. I'm like, Bay, like, I'm fine. Like, I guess if you want to stay with him, like I trust you to know what's right for you and like your love seems real. But like I really want you to be divorcing him a little bit. I was really surprised because I didn't really know it was coming until I woke up the next day and everyone on Twitter was like, lemonade, huh? And I was like, yes, it is a refreshing <laughs> beverage. Um, and then I watched the first 15 minutes on what I later realized was not a legitimate source somebody put on video. And then when I came back to watch it, it had been taken down. So I've only seen the first couple. So there's the one where she's uh, smashing things up with a baseball bat which oh, I totally so loved. And yeah. and it sounds a lot like Maps by the AMS, yeah, it but it's a yeah. jaunty one. So I look forward to, to finishing it off. Great song. Yes. I think I might have to subscribe to Tidal. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's certainly what she would like you Can to I do. Can I get a free trial? Uh, this explains why my entire Twitter feed was people talking about Tidal. Mm. Yeah. As well as yeah. Lemon Emojis. That's because no one uses Tidal. Right. Although somebody well, made... A very persuasive case for like how effectively Beyonce has marketed herself, and like she's tripled the number of uh, title su subscribers basically by her exclusive releases alone. Which I don't understand because it's Jay Z's company, and clearly she owes him nothing at the moment. I was about to say, does, does she well, own it? I, she will. She makes money. Yeah, yeah. She makes Beyonce doesn't do anything she's not paid for. Is my personal feeling. Picking just one song off of Lemonade is really hard. I'm very excited to see which one Sophie picked later i assumed it was going to be prince because i know that he's not on spotify yeah True. you know that's actually or taylor swift she, that's what she's, those three haven't got on spotify either a lot of taylor's isn't some of taylor swift stuff on there just not 1989 no nope. none, none of it, of it. Took it all. She pulled, yeah took she it pulled all. the whole thing but ryan adams is on there yeah, yeah so you know if you want just an inferior not as good not, yeah. not the same not the same. Not the same. After the bookstore, we went next door to this uh, bar that's like a mainstay for Harvard students that serves really mediocre Chinese food and uh, giant Ooh. scorpion bowls of alcohol where they just pour a lot of tropical juices in with like 151 and rum and serve it to you in a giant bowl nice. with extremely like long straws. Straws. Yep. Yep. So that is 
how I ended my triumphant book purchasing expedition. Oh, oh, I just thought of another honorable mention for my top five. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, shall we go into top fives? Top, top fives. fives. Top five. <laughs> In honor of our American friends who are with us, <laughs> we will be doing a split top five. So the dames will be presenting their top five things about Britain, and we will be presenting our top five things about America, which led to some really fun Google searching on my part. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Cool, great I'm... things about America. Worked very satisfactorily. <laughs> there are many. Yeah. I mean, it's a big country. Yeah. We're letting the dames go first, because that's what Debrett's style guide says we yes. should do. Yes. Sure. Yes, it's first. Well, I'll go first because I feel like I may have slightly misunderstood the parameters for this. I have very broad categories for one thing, so that otherwise it would have just been me naming people. That's acceptable. My, yeah, my yeah. top five it is, is mostly broad, and then the honorable mentions get very freeform. I have a yeah. wide variety. There's some things that are highly specific and some things that are umbrella categories. My number one thing, British thing, I like is the English language. Because, like, we've put our own stamp on it, we've streamlined it, we've jazzed the place up a little bit, but, like, you guys really, you guys gave that to us. You're welcome! Yep. And almost everything that I like happens in it, which is very parochial of me, but there it is. So I felt like you gotta start somewhere, so I started there. Two, and you're gonna sense a real theme here, uh, is just lady novelists from the 19th century. This was mostly, I had to make this a broad umbrella category, because the list would otherwise have been just... Jane Austen and Charlotte Bronte and Elizabeth Gaskell. Those are like the, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. George Eliot. I can't believe I just almost left off George Eliot. You see my point. It would have just been me naming Victorian novelists. I can't say Victorian because Jane Austen was publishing during the Regency. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously she's one of my top two faves. I can't slate her. So lady novelists from the 19th century. Great work you guys for having a lot of terrific ones um golden age mystery novelists (laughs) (laughs) so that's just three women that's agatha christie josephine tay and dorothy sayers Mm -hmm. and that's like i don't know 80 percent of what i like best to read it's just those three women again and again and again in various different organizations number four like this is maybe my most egregiously broad i know you're like wait the english language wasn't egregiously broad no (laughs) The BBC. Yay. (laughs) Yep. Because it contains such essential multitudes. I mean, obviously, chief thing that I love about the BBC is the costume dramas. You guys have been making them for us forever. Thank you for Upstairs, Downstairs and everything since. Um, And like, you know, like Boston has a hand in it. WGBH co-produces a lot of these things. Masterpiece Theater plays a role. But like... You guys carry the brunt of it, and it's really important to me. And this was the only way I could be comfortable with not calling out hot fuzz or spaced (laughs) in my top five, because I can put spaced in under the BBC. I think it was a BBC show. Well, technically it was Channel 4, but I think you guys got it on BBC America. Yes. Yes. All right. Okay. Well, thank you. That's very generous of you. Um, And it's very important to me. And then it's all of the incredible crush objects that have been introduced to me through (laughs) BBC products. It's just so many men and sometimes women that I just cherish till the end of time that can just be doctored in under the umbrella of the BBC. Your Collins Firths, your Yoan Gruffids, (laughs) your Anna's Friel, just all of them. Lots of them. Um, So yeah, the BBC's 
clutch. And then the only thing, like the only thing in my top five that actually gets like a line item, it's just like a one discrete object unto itself is I Capture the Castle by Dodie Smith, <laughs> which is my favorite yeah. book of, one of my favorite books of all time. And it's the only one that I couldn't like umbrella in under something else. So yeah, I Capture the Castle by Dodie Smith. There we go. I don't know if these are things about Britain. They're just British things. They're perfect. That's perfect. perfect. And the yeah. BBC is, um, I mean, it and the NHS are basically the two things that we as a country are like, yes. Yeah. I have you. other things in my things that are more like British things that in my honorable mentions that we can get yeah. to. Well, Sophie, let's hear your top five. Um, not remotely shockingly, uh, there is some overlap <laughs> between Margaret's totally list and mine. But we, we chose not to tell each other what we were doing in advance we because be we wanted to be a surprise. <laughs> so my top choice is the BBC. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's correct. It's yes. so great. It's so great. And for all the reasons that Margaret said, also, though, because it is it's a corporation in the public interest. Yeah. Which I think is really fascinating and is a concept that oh, for a wide variety of very frustrating reasons Americans have not been able to embrace. It. Yeah, we just can't. Yeah. We can't get there. Um, Your socialist-funded art is like the number one thing I envy of of you and Canada. Yes. <laughs> you totally. both have this really figured out, and I just want that for America so yeah. badly. Yeah, we do our so, best with NPR, but it's a we're not quite there, and I don't no. think we're ever going to get there because what Americans have a strong deficiency of is reasonableness, um, <laughs> which is a conversation that Margaret and I were having earlier today. I consider people who are unreasonable to be like the worst. So, <laughs> and can, having lived in Canada for two years, Canadians are super reasonable. Like that's I think their leading characteristic. My second pick is dreamy British men, fictional and real, including but not limited. Yeah. Tom Hiddleston, Mark Strong, Charlie Hunnam, Idris Elba, Ben Wishaw, John Boyega, <laughs> my so husband many. at all. <laughs> <laughs> I did expect that to be your husband probably ought to appear on the list. Yes. Some- yeah, somewhere. Um, before I came upstairs to, to record this podcast with you guys, he was like, oh, do you mention me in your top five? And I was like, actually, I do. I'm paying you a compliment. Deal with it. <laughs> he doesn't like attention on him well so, he's british uh, so yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. my third is one specific person um and that is the uh the culture writer bim adewunmi um yeah, who yeah. the united yes, states bim. we have we have stolen her oh, for sure. our new york city buzzfeed office um but she is originally british mm-hmm. she is a wonderful beautiful genius and part inspirer of uh two bossy dames with her her sadly now retired wonderful wonderful weekly series bim's 10 things uh, which was a really fabulous tradition on Twitter and which you can look up hashtag Bim's 10 things to see um, all the great things that she used to select. And I can say I got to spend an afternoon with Bim in person. Nice. She is just as great in real life and nothing is better than being on the New York city subway with her <laughs> listening to her rant about how inferior it is to the tube. Oh, it's so inferior. It's so inferior to the tube. <laughs> I was thinking that as I got on the tube this evening. <laughs> Jessica and I spent 10 days in New York just complaining, ratting on it. I mean, you really don't appreciate how good it is because we've always had it. And it's one of those things that you go somewhere else. Oh, oh, it's actually really good. I'm going to stop complaining. You guys, you monsters. I don't know where this train is going and there's like no signage. It is a small miracle that anyone in America gets anywhere without a license (laughs) because New York's 
public transit system is like the crown jewel of public transit in America. Yeah. And I mean, it is incredibly comprehensive. It's a huge flourishing system. It runs all night. Like it's great. It serves a huge number of people, but it is also a garbage fire. (laughs) The amount of resentment that a city seems to have that like you would rely on it for services. is just comical. So we've interrupted your list. Yeah, I have I have two more. I have a big thing that I really admire that I another thing I wish we could import over here to the US is your culture wide veneration of glorious oddballs. <laughs> um, that just seems so to be fun. your your cultural jam. So I have some examples here. They oh, include yes. uh, William Morris, Oscar Wilde, Morrissey. <laughs> Freddie Mercury and David Bowie. And the one thing that I would say, like just like a critical note for improvement um, or maybe just a request for suggestions from you guys would be to appreciate more glorious oddball ladies mm-hmm. because I look over this uh, list Kate and Bush. it's all dudes. Uh, right? Ooh, Kate, Kate Bush is Bush a good British. one. Yeah, yeah. She is. Okay, great. I know Vivian that she sings about a lot of British things. She seems she's British. Mm-hmm. She's pretty weird. Yeah. Weird, weird and witchy. I don't think But we do have a... better witchy women. Yeah. Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Stevie Nicks, Tori Amos. I think know. Beyonce is gunning for that witchiness. Like, definitely, she that witchiness came it, out in, in a big lemonade. way in Lemonade. Um, so that's my number four. And my number five is much more specific, and that is cream teas. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Tea is in my honorable mentions. Yeah. Should we go through our honorable mentions now, or should we all go through honorable mentions at I the end I think we should together? have a big pile on at the end. Yeah, we'll just shout, okay, great. We'll just shout great. words. Yeah. patron of the week this week's patron of the week is sarah nelson ask her for a book recommendation and she will always give you exactly what you need how does she know she just does okay also no cat has ever hated her even if they acted like it they were just in awe if you would like to be our patron of the week and receive custom praise about your own good person, it's one of the rewards for supporting our Patreon. Just head to patreon.com forward slash Rosie and Jessica. Patron of the week. Uh, Jessica, this is episode 79. That means it's my go. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, like I said before, my top five is slightly more general. And mm-hmm. then my honorable mentions just dissolved into like a kind of... Stream of consciousness, free from jazz type thing. Sure. Uh, so, in no particular order, snack flavors. Mm. Like, don't just have Oreos, have a thousand types of Oreo. I think the only <laughs> category we trump you on is crisps. Yeah, True. Ch- potato yeah, chips. Yeah, you definitely, you, you take the lead on fried potato. Yeah. yeah. I um, have a bag around here of um, Walker's Sweet Chili Thai Sensations sweet, or whatever. Yes. Yep. They're so good. My friend brought them back for me from England. And I've been hoarding them for two months. Yeah, they're, they're a national favorite. Just the options are so yeah. staggering. Um, and they all come in shiny blue boxes, and I never know what to eat, so I eat all of them. Is what happens in the supermarket. Rosie's nodding like, yeah, this is true. Thinking it about Pop-Tarts. Great. It was great visiting, I was, I was about to say, it was great visiting the Pop-Tarts aisle with the two oh, of yeah. Oh, my, my God. Margaret has experienced this four hours we were in that supermarket. <laughs> me in a flower crowd, basically <laughs> hypnotized. So multiple flavors of everything. Yes, bountiful, bountiful flavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to continue the food theme, uh, the vegan options of stuff. Like just, and I don't know what it is. Is it because I'm on holiday and I'm like more chilled out or being more adventurous where I'm eating So I, and everything's new. But in Britain, I tend to stick to the same places that I've always been and I kind of know roughly what I can eat. Whereas I'll just walk into an eating establishment in the US and I'll go, hi, what do you have? This is me. I'm, I'm different. Can, please help me. 
<laughs> can I have that? Is that that thing looks nice? Is is it good? And they say, oh, we can do that, but without this. And I just announce to people that I'm a vegan, which I don't tend to do here. Uh, yeah. And also, everything is labeled, and also they have options for me to start with. Yeah, I think it's a side effect of our litigious and individualistic society. <laughs> I, mean, I I did wonder. I, I would say it has to do with our focus on customer service. I mean, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> two things can be true, Sophie. That's not yeah. <laughs> two things can be true. Yeah. Two things can be one thing. <laughs> this broad sweeping landscape. You guys have so much space you can fit in. Like, we have all the weathers. You guys have all the landscapes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like meadows and nice streams and pretty rolling hills and stuff. Like, you know, we have kind of rolling hills and meadows and stuff. And then you also have, like, snow and ravines and spare mountains that you can do art projects on and, like, all the all the stuff. Yeah, Britain and doesn't have biggest... anywhere called Death Valley. No. You don't find no. that in the mumbles. We don't have any deserts. We're lacking on the <laughs> desert front. I don't know where they'd fit one in. Cornwall. Swindon. Swindon. Oh, that, well. Let's move A on. cultural word. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, the Jim Henson Television Workshop. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> for all the reasons. Duh. Uh, Correct. Joy. Correct. Um, for, Thanks, for Muppets and Sesame Street and Labyrinth and yeah, I mean that's I we've mean. covered. We've covered that. Yeah. And the bright lights of Broadway. Ah, uh, yeah. Obviously Hamilton. Yeah. But yeah, you're you welcome. Know, standing world. in, standing on on Broadway, and we have the West End, which I'm also very proud of, because we're kind of the only two places in the world that have anything of that ilk. But yeah, the bright lights of Broadway. You stand in, you know, and you look, you look down the Great White Way, and it's all lights mm-hmm. and shininess and big buildings. Yeah. And... A million hearts beat quicker there, <laughs> as they say. And then you go to Times Square to go to the three-story Olive Garden, if you're us. And <laughs> yes, Kimmy's yes, you do. little you sister do that. <laughs> And then you look your sister dead in the eye while you tell the waiter you want a glass of Pinot Noir. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe it took us so long to work out where to go for dinner as well. I know. So, wait. <laughs> Got an idea. That is my top five. Is it me? It's you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's number you. one, The Muppets. Number one. Yes. Correct. Jim Henson's correct because I think Sesame Street is possibly more important and also the Muppet show is from Britain because he couldn't get it commissioned in the UK uh, yes. yeah. so thanks yeah. So, yeah. so it was originally on um, in the UK number two your cultural reverence for the library thank you Andrew Carnegie yeah yes. Li- Lions in the Library on PBS is that mm-hmm. a show we saw once this is back in 2000 when we were small so we watched Arthur Arthur of course has a whole episode about libraries oh, yeah. some of the greatest the songs yeah. Arthur episodes. It, even in this country you can sing those songs Jekyll Jekyll hi Jekyll uh, to people and we get it and uh, you know when your presidents stop being presidents they have they get their presidential library and uh, our garbage government is just like no libraries for anyone but you can have an after dinner speaking circuit career yeah so they're all um, butts uh, and you guys are like libraries are really important I mean you don't do healthcare and admittedly we do do that but <laughs> number three we try Girl Scout cookies Yes. yes. Correct. Gargoyle guides don't do that. And right. it is a major failing. It is a mm. failing. And I have a big crush on the Girl Scouts of America, the institution mm-hmm. of it. Correct. Because uh, it's just so great. Wonderful. As someone who was never allowed to be a member because my mother deemed them a paramilitary organization. At the last Girl Scout meeting we went to, we pledged allegiance to the flag, but there wasn't a flag, so we pledged allegiance to a floral arrangement in it instead. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which I enjoyed very much. Uh, number four. Well, this is basically what Jessica said, but I've worded it as your freaky weird foods. 
<laughs> Can you be more specific? Like, I don't know. There's something Birthday about like cake your flavored pop tart. Yeah, like your packaged, oh, your plastic sure. wrapped foods are just astonishing. Yeah. And like, you go into a grocery store and they'll just be like things which I believe are probably forty percent acrylic, but I desperately want to eat them. I think <laughs> yeah. it's because you have such lax food regulations. <laughs> we do. I think it's also. Um, like the psychological abundance of space in our supermarkets. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've had supermarkets for longer than you guys have had supermarkets. And like, once you start from the assumption that your space is going to be the size of a small warehouse, like the number of things you come up with to fill that small warehouse. Yes. Really shine. And if you have that much high fructose corn syrup, you have to use it somewhere. Yeah. 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 We're good at it. The only people who really outclass us are the Japanese. Yeah. The Japanese have us licked. I think they just have the Godzilla version of everything that's American, Mm -hmm. which is basically like if you took Americanism choices and then you just like soaked it in radiation and it became like giant and more comical and like just gently monstrous, then it would be what the Japanese do. Yeah. And uh, their versions of the crisps or the Oreo flavors is Kit Kats. Yes. Oh my god, I know. All the Kit Kats, green tea Kit Kats. I, green tea Kit Kats are very good. There's a Korean nice. grocery store in a, a place I travel through daily, and they sell all of the different varieties of Japanese Kit Kat bars. And the green tea are the only ones I've tried, but I'm quite a fan. I think they have red bean as well. Oh. Mm, delicious. <laughs> Like as the filling in the wafer? Oh no! No, as the as the flavoring to the white chocolate that the wafer is dipped in. Right, right. I feel like Mr. Trick. <laughs> it's it's really good. Yeah, it's very tasty. It's much better than prawn cocktail crisps, which yep. are abhorrent. Prawn cocktail crisps are really good. Yeah, Walker's ones are a bit too tangy. Skips. It's all about skips. You know, skips. this is one of those things very we gentle. had. In a show for um, appointment television, we had a very, very long off mic conversation about weird potato chip flavors. And it is sort of astonishing to me that like England has embraced meat flavored potato chips, but like America seems to refuse it. Like it's like the one bridge we won't cross. Is it's like powdered meat flavor things seem to, as a nation, squick us out. Whereas you guys are like completely fine with like roasted chicken flavored crisps. Yeah. Yep. I think yep. we just associate those things too strongly with like cat and dog foods. Yeah. Maybe that's it. I, maybe that's it. I think it. that's what's happened. Like they somehow there was a divergence. Like, yeah. Yes, we will eat all the disgusting like processed meats in quotation marks, mm-hmm. but you know, Im- imbuing those flavors into fried potato. Oh no, that's a bridge too far. I can't do it. And yeah. most of them are vegetarian. I can only eat, a lot of them have uh, milk in them. So uh, they're not vegan. But when I was a vegetarian, I could eat all of the flavors of crisps, except the cheese and onion ones, because they were made with cheese that used rennet. So they had, had like animal insides of calves in them. Anyway, yeah, so they're meaty. But I could eat all the other ones. Every year, Walker's runs a competition for a new flavor of crisp. Yeah, Lay's has started doing the same thing. They're like, bring out five or six different flavors, and then people vote on them. But it's always things like a fry-up, or um, chicken tikka masala, or... Mm. It's usually meals. It's usually whole yeah. meals that have been put into something like pork pie flavor. Did that happen? I, I don't know. I'm. Oh, don't tease me. I feel like last year, one of the flavors was like New York Reuben. Yes. So, you know, like we've, yeah. we definitely were, tr- they're trying, they're trying to make meat chips happen. Who here. is Reuben and what does he taste of? <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a corned beef open face sandwich with like on rye bread, corned okay. beef, Thousand Island dressing and coleslaw. Yep. 
Okay. Like, or is uh, it sour Swiss cheese? Oh, yeah, Swiss cheese. And it might not be. It might not be coleslaw. It might be sauerkraut. I, I think remember. it's probably sauerkraut. Yeah, it's really good. Sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I do my last one? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. So this is uh, the fact that at one point on a Thursday evening on NBC, you could watch a new episodes of Thirty Rock, Parks and Recreation, The Office, and Community in a row. And I think that is an incredible two hours. And that kind of sums up my love of American pop culture. But I mean, <laughs> what? Also, how have NBC gone so downhill? That's a conversation for another day. <laughs> they were downhill. The fact that they were downhill is they what enabled creatively... them to schedule that block. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Creatively, they were flourishing. Ratings-wise, <laughs> they, they were, were a garbage in fire. In the toilet, yeah. Which is why so many critically acclaimed shows were able to be on one channel at one time. <laughs> it's like all of those shows basically continued to exist because none of the terrible shows they tried to make work were any more popular. <laughs> But I mean, like that's perfectly summarizes the difference between American television and British television. Mm-hmm. Like your series, you might not get recommissioned, but you get your series. If they've said yeah. you can have one, you get to at least make it. What you would call the series is twenty-two. Yeah. Typically, yeah. Yeah. you get less than like twenty-two. Six, six. <laughs> right. Right. But at least they know how many they're getting. Yeah. Sometimes. So yeah. you can yeah. at least plan your story. But yeah, honorable mention, like to edit in back under the BBC, is it's just like so many reality TV shows you guys invented very important the world is welcome <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry thank you um great british bake-off among them well should we I love le- so lead that into uh, honorable mentions honorable mentions sure well the first thing that i wanted to honorably mention is tea it's just very british but also by dint of that imperialism like, you guys really <laughs> killed it on that front because <laughs> this isn't yours but it seems like it is yeah i know and there are so many things that you guys stole from other people and, like, made white that then America got. Oh, you fit to the British Museum. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I'm really into, like, Indian food. Like, thanks for being our gateway to Indian food. It would have taken way longer to get here on its own. I like the garbagey stuff that they made just to satisfy your palates. Like, chicken tikka masala is my personal favorite. That is a completely made-up non-Indian dish. Like, yep. thank you. Just thank you for that. And thank you for tea. I love it. Thank you for probably like lots of slang words and things like that. Like you guys just, you really killed it. You made violently a sausage that goes great in our melting pot. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And obviously also set a beautiful tradition for us to carry on as your natural heirs and successors. Yeah. Because we're pretty imperialist too. Uh, So that's one of my honorable mentions. And then on a positive side, the national rail system. (laughs) I'm so jealous of it. I want something like that here. I want it to be as affordable. The happiest I've ever been is when I had my youth rail card and could just travel all over the southwest of England for like four pounds. And I just want that here. And also Megabus, which we now have here. Ah, trains are the most expensive in Europe by like Uh, such a long way. There's every so often somebody will show you like, hey, you know, it's a hundred miles between these two places and it costs this much. In France, to go 100 miles, it costs merely a shrug. <laughs> three, three shillings and sixpence. Yeah. That's not. That's, that's, so we have such expensive that's trains. That's mm. though. Right? That's like how taxis are expensive in Boston. Like, taxis are expensive in Boston, but that's because, like, there's less distance for them to cover <laughs> than in Chicago. Right? Like, England is a very small, densely populated little island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you compare it to France, obviously, we conversely are way bigger than France, and our trains cost so much more than your trains. Yeah, it's really, 
it's terrible. We need better trains and more of them. That's a really interesting thing that I would never have known that the because we got the Amtrak and found it quite it's an economies of scale decent, issue. but on, oh, yeah, yeah, but on the Eastern the Seaboard, is lovely. Yeah, on the Eastern sure. Seaboard, that's like the only place it's barely it's... even presentable. It should be socialized. It's government owned, but like for some reason, we just refuse to let it run at a loss. So instead, they just charge everyone who uses the Northeast Corridor, like, through the nose. It costs more to take a train a lot of places than it does to fly, which is not appropriate. Yeah, that doesn't seem That's right. That's not right. And then they just slowly let all of the other rail systems die and decay. Because why would anybody take a railway when they could take a car or a plane? Is, I think, basically the American attitude towards it. But I would take the railway everywhere. I just needed yeah. to be... It just needs just, to be everywhere. It, be, <laughs> it needs to be everywhere, and it can be twice as expensive as a bus. I'm comfortable with that, but it cannot be more expensive than a plane. No. I love your national rail system. So those are two of my honorable mentions. I have a bunch more. Uh, yeah, I have NPR carrying on yeah. from the, uh, yeah. the BBC theme. Yep. Um, I mean, NPR is fine. <laughs> NPR is them. great. Mate, NPR is fine. NPR me? is how we know. I was Come on. Joking. Guys, I was joking. Oh Obviously, I love NPR. I had NPR written on my hand last week, and people kept being like, what, just to remind you to listen? And I was like, no, I have to invoice them for work. <laughs> <laughs> but also that. I was just expressing my brand loyalty. <laughs> NPR. Uh, National Public Radio is a great choice. It's really phenomenal. I think we mostly crypt it from you guys, but whatever. We're still doing it fire. <laughs> like the English language. I would like to put in the annual turkey pardon. What a hilarious thing. <laughs> the, your head of state pardons a but. I mean, sure. not to get political. You happily execute humans, but this turkey. But not a turkey. But not yeah. a turkey. And also this led to CJ Craig with turkeys in her office, so I can't complain. Yeah. <laughs> but Barack Obama pardoning a turkey is like Justin Trudeau levels of excellent yeah. premiership. Well, and it, and it gives him an opportunity to be at like peak dad. Yeah. Yeah. Like thereby yeah. super irritating both of his teenage daughters. Oh, God, it's so beautiful. Their, um, beautiful eye rolls oh captured God. on film for all to enjoy. I love all your monarchs. You guys, <laughs> they're the best. All throughout history, I have so many favorites. George the Third, King Canute, George the Fourth. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love that's what I love about America. It's like, no, we don't want to be ruled by you guys. And then no. it was like, and then we're like, oh, but but we love you. Like people are in yeah. romantic relationships like that. We're like, no, I'm dumping you. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna love you forever now from a distance. <laughs> no, this is way better than a that. This is like the boyfriend you're really glad to have broken up with, but who you've stayed Facebook friends with, mm -hmm. and you can like watch his, like, wacky antics with other people, and, like, you're not personally affected by them anymore. So they just have, like, the relish of a good soap opera. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes they produce really adorable princes. Oh, oh my goodness. God. Oh, my God. Oh. I'm, I'm super pro the abolition of the monarchy, but he's too cute. <laughs> I know. Those monsters. You can't disappoint that cute little face. Well, you could free him. It's not really a great job. Imagine what happens when that boy learns such a thing as a t-shirt exists. He's going <laughs> to no. lose his damn mind. Trainers, my lord. <laughs> he doesn't know that socks come any shorter than that. That's true. <laughs> he doesn't know that his life doesn't have to be just like an endless series of like perfect knitwear, yeah. seersucker, yeah. tweed. Yeah. And a side party. Uh, yep. I mean, yep. I, I joke, but 
that is definitely how I would dress any son. And I knew that long before Prince George arrived. I was like, I'm going to yeah. dress a boy and torture oh, yeah. him. <laughs> He's going to wear a blouse. Two reasons I want to have children. One, low-level cultural imperialism, just mini cultural yes. imperialism. It's <laughs> like you have a child to like imbue it with your taste. And then two, obviously, dress up. Yeah. Yep. And that's why a dog can only satisfy one of those, because you can't get a dog to watch box sets. Well, well, you can you know, make a dog. I mean, I mean, you can sit it in front of it. Depends on the dog. Yeah. Depends on how snuggly the dog is. It the level of imagination you can bring to uh, personifying the animals who live around you. And for me, it is high. <laughs> um, the cats I lived with loved America's Next Top Model and Project Runway. Loved them. <laughs> Mushkala had a lot of opinions about the different models on America's Next Top Model. <laughs> She had a couple of different like audition reels for America's Next Top Model that we would improvise as a dorm. So I'm just saying. Like, More like America's Next Top Meow Doll. Oh. Exactly. Yes, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, which is British humorists. That's another thing I had down here. You guys have a specific like weird vein of humorists like Terry Pratchett, Douglas Adams, and Jasper Ford. Yep. Who just mean everything to me and have done a lot to design my sense of humor and uh major snaps to you for whatever weird corner you grew them all in um soph do you have some honorable I, mentions you want to throw in i do uh thatch root yes um, which we we have zero of those here that i'm aware of i've never seen a thatch roof uh if listeners if you're in the u.s and you have thatch roofs around you please send me photos beautiful knitwear such beautiful knitwear yeah um basically Bowden. yeah yes <laughs> oh yeah my closet is full of that uh yeah. basically inventing twee style oh like twee yes. things you you pretty much pioneered that yeah. um and my last one is very specific and that is captain frederick wentworth <laughs> very good facts in um, particular as portrayed by kieran hines who is not british uh, welsh he's irish 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 He's the only Captain Wentworth. Who are you going to like? Rupert Penny Jones or whatever? Oh, yeah, my God, what a disaster. I don't even know who that is. He was the one in the 2007 Garbage Fire adaptation. Oh, I I, I refuse to acknowledge it. With the running around the Royal Crescent. I am pretty pro uh, Colonel Brandon and Alan Rickman version, obviously. Oh, Oh, yeah, no, he's great. But my favorite Austin hero is definitely Captain Wentworth. I mean, Henry Tilney is my boyfriend. I haven't read that yet. Well, he is the only Austin hero who gets to make jokes. And that is like, it's very important to me. (laughs) And he makes conversation with the heroine by talking about the dress that she's wearing and the quality of muslin that it is. And he like knows a lot about ladies clothing because he has a sister and he loves her. Mm-hmm. And he's just like gently didactic and a little sarcastic. <laughs> and he's great. He's great. I love him. Awesome. Um, he's the only one of them I can actually like function with. All of the rest of them are just too noble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I have th- three more. The Kinks. Yeah. Chocolate Moose Cups. Yes. Which I've talked about because in America, we don't understand that one might want a moose uh, texture-wise instead of a pudding without yeah. making that moose sugar-free and fat-free like there are reasons Mm -hmm. one might prefer the airy texture of a moose (laughs) that have nothing to do with hating yourself to the degree that you want it to be fat-free and sugar-free we just don't understand flavor-free and that's flavor-free and that's flavor tainted i think if it was flavor-free but you guys that would be okay yeah. I mean, Sainsbury had good ones too, but like the mere fact that the Tesco variety was great. Yes. Just like a beautiful restaurant quality mousse. <laughs> I mean, 
you know. Oh, I have, speaking of Tesco, I have one more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that is your national love affair with dairy fat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Bless you. That is a passionate, intense. Nationwide. Oh, and your national love affair with obsession. deep frying things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys are great at deep frying things. Just like you're so far ahead of us on that. Like oh. I remember the first time I went to visit uh, Marcus's family, he, we went grocery shopping. I love supermarkets. I love seeing how different supermarkets are laid out and yes. all the goods they're in. Yep. Um, and when we went, like we weren't, there wasn't even a dare, like a cheese counter. You know, it was a very, it wasn't a super fancy supermarket, but there was this massive wheel of Stilton on <laughs> just sitting there on the shelf, like not behind a glass case or anything. All of your cheeses. So and important. it was so affordable. I was like, you can't, what? How? How? <laughs> and I guess it's because you have all those beautiful cows on your beautiful meadows. But... <laughs> and we're super close to France. Yeah, that, yeah, that helps too. too. Three more. Alfred Hitchcock, The Kinks, and Sherlock Holmes. Not yeah. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, mind, because I don't care about anything else that he's done. Literally just Sherlock Holmes, the <laughs> fictional character in all his iterations, but most especially in the 1940s radio serials starring Basil Rathbone. Nice. Oh, and all of your sinister, sinister, silkily voiced villains that you loaned to us. Oh, we're so good at villains. And just like your your deep bench of great character actors. Something about how you guys, maybe it's the proximity of where you make movies, TV, and theater all being one place but you guys seem way more comfortable with weird looking people becoming famous mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in a way yeah. that we reap the benefits of just beautifully <laughs> and i wish that we had i feel like we have like weird looking people art centered in new york and then only unreasonably beautiful people in los angeles right so it's just like a very yeah. bifurcated <laughs> path to fame where you guys just have like one big soup of talented humans mm -hmm. And you're a little bit less discriminatory about who gets famous from that soup. Which is why we have, you know, like heartthrobs like Benedict Cumberbatch, who just looks like his face is partially melted, but in a sexy way. <laughs> yeah, like when Matt Smith was first cast as Doctor Who, my first thought was, that man has no eyebrows and looks like a foot. <laughs> and he is and was like, oh my God, so attractive. Uh -huh. In still photos, he does nothing for me. But watching him act, I'm just like, please, just act on my face, sir. <laughs> Your mouth onto my mouth, please. So I have um, a few more honourable mentions that I yay. want to run through. So foodstuffs are home fries. That's the thing. We don't really have yeah. them. Like they just arrive with everything. You order something and you also get fried potato. That is good. Pumpkin ale. We don't really do pumpkins on the same like scale. Mostly we use them for Halloween because turnips are too difficult to carve. We finally got onto <laughs> that. And we certainly don't make exciting things like beer out of them. Commitment to spectacle. See previous comment about doing art projects on the side of mountains and yeah. like manners and that you have enough polite social names for people you don't know because here if uh, somebody in the railway station or a shop would have to call me ma'am and I'm not old enough to be ma'am whereas you guys like somebody would call me miss because I think that's appropriate but we don't really have miss for like a stranger that's what children call teachers when they can't be bothered to use their full name uh, so that's nice place names are fun to say like we have weird twee fun to listen to yeah, names great one. you have names that are fun to say like Rappahannock <laughs> that's fun Schenectady oh Schenectady yeah I think all of those are stolen from Native Americans yeah Absolutely. yeah 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 woo imperialism <laughs> looping back around <laughs> New York in the movies and television. 
Yeah. <laughs> that specific New York. I watched mm-hmm. a lot of Will and Grace at an impressionable age. <laughs> the West Wing and the idea that President Bartlett could have been your president. Yeah. Uh, your superior version of The Office. Ooh, deep, shots fired. Yeah. Yeah. superior. I agree. I mean, I liked the British one more than Jessica did, but Ricky Gervais is not a good. I, I've uh, not no. seen all of the British one because I can't bring myself to watch um, it because it's. I don't. See. I don't like that kind of comedy. No, I. I yeah, it, I don't like Same. the kind of cringe. It's or, stressful to watch. It's no, it's not. What I want is Jim making nice eyes at the camera. Yeah, Pixar, great mm-hmm. work, guys. Great Accurate. The weird meat restaurants on Man V Food. <laughs> okay, we don't have barbecue as a genre of food in this country. You can be like, I'll go to a barbecue restaurant. We've buried this pig in the ground for 48 hours, and now we're going to yeah. eat it. Yes, please. <laughs> and also, if you eat all of it, you can vomit and get a t shirt. That Costco right. that Jessica and I once went to where you can buy a boat. Or a vending machine. Don't or a vending, vending machines. machines. Astonishing. I'd never seen anything <laughs> like it. But now I know where to go to buy vending machines. Pumpkin spice everything. Thank you for that. I'm really pro Starbucks. What can I say? This is a great moment for everyone to know that you guys came to, like, everyone can tell exactly the season you came to America during. (laughs) Between the pumpkin beer and the pumpkin spice. And yeah, uh, whipped butter. We don't have that here. And we have developed a weird obsession with it because we once got served it on pancakes. I didn't know what it was for quite some time. (laughs) That is so shocking to me. Because we love things that we, you can do to the things that come off a cow. You should have invented that for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, you definitely should have. Maybe you didn't because whipping it makes it less dense and yeah. less fatty. Yeah, because we yes. like the kind of the clotted cream. We like it yeah. when it melts yeah. and forms basically an oil over things. Right. <laughs> you know. I really want a scone. <laughs> Betty Crocker frosting in a can. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Again, back to the sort of plastic wrapped food stuff. Just roll crescent rolls and like make All your own. All of our processed foods are just really yeah. wonderful. Mostly We've because the can it. opens itself. Like you take the label off and it goes poof. Yeah. yeah. Basically, That's like awesome. if you have to use weird chemicals to make it, we make it better. Yeah. If it's better made with roughly six ingredients you can all pronounce, you guys have us licked. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why your chocolate mousses are so much better than ours. Mm. Um, but why we have birthday cake Oreos. Right. <laughs> and also, like, every imaginable variety of sugar cereal. We've thoroughly yeah. outclassed you on sugar cereal. None of our cereals are weird <laughs> colors. Yeah. Like, yeah everything is, really... like, beige or brown or, like, cereal color. You guys are just missing out. I you have Reese's be really Peanut bright. Butter Puffs cereal. Yeah, they're, they're not bright and none of them have meat in. Like, nothing. <laughs> yeah. all, they tend to be vegetarian. You mean gelatine rather than, like, Not, ham. like, actual bacon. Yeah. Well, I bet there are probably some that have read it. I've been on the internet. There is definitely yeah. bacon cereal. Our grocery stores are not particularly vegan friendly, but our restaurants are much more open to being accommodating. <laughs> At least in your major cities in the Northeast. Coppertone, specifically the smell of the um, water babies in the pink bottle. Sunblock. Yep. <laughs> Jessica has picked an honorable mention that is my only known allergy. <laughs> I'd forgotten that. Champ's Diner in Brooklyn. Young adult novels. Like yeah. those, the stories are always better. I just watched Obama's mic drop. I don't tend to do topical honorable mentions, but if David Cameron did that, that would be awful. Yeah, it would. No. It would just because Barack so Obama fun. did it. It was the best thing in the world. Yeah. yeah. On the other uh, hand, when you have like uh, prime minister's questions. That is definitely the best thing in the world. <laughs> it's just people shouting. I watched it when we were in New York. I got up at 7am to watch it on my phone. 
It was because it was Jeremy's first one. Jess's Jess's first outing. Uh, And also Roman Mars's voice. Just that makes podcasts really enjoyable. We love a lot about each other's countries. God bless. Another thing I love about England, and I guess also America, is transatlantic friendships. Ah! Yes. Oh, Oh, yeah. Uh, The one I forgot to write down. You two. Oh, my God. Typified best by us, obviously, and second best by 84 Charing Cross Road by Helen Hanf. Sophie, what is yes. your song that may or may not be from Beyonce's Lemonade album? <laughs> My song, which is from Beyonce's Lemonade <laughs> album. I was on the verge of shelling out for like six months of title, and then the word came out that it was going to be released on iTunes, and I was like, yeah. that's okay. what I'm doing. Um, yep. So the very first thing I did on Monday morning, like I made myself a cup of tea and I was like, oh, got to order Beyonce. <laughs> um, also, I have been listening to that album pretty much nonstop all week. So and good. my song is Don't Hurt Yourself, which is the <laughs> song that comes right before Sorry. It was which a is the song very... I was gently shading. It was a, that's fine. Um, I think the song can stand up to that. No problem. Totally. Um, it's a great song. Yeah, it is a great song. I am also not a huge fan of Jack White, but I think that he does he's bring well something. Used. He does. He's very well used. Basically, uh, all Beyonce is my favorite Beyonce, but my most favorite Beyonce is Angry Beyonce. Yeah. Like, I, like I really. Two angriest songs. Yeah. I really like when she lets her voice go in. I just think she's doing so many interesting things with her voice. And I like when she is shouting. So, um,. <laughs> And I also love how this song sort of like reclaims blues, um, like reclaims space for black women in blues. And it's just sort of like up yours, Led Zeppelin. We did it first. We did it better. (laughs) And I say that as someone who loves Led Zeppelin. Um, But yes, I love that song. I just love Angry Beyonce. I love the glee on her face as she smashes things with a baseball bat. It's like the it's like the Harley Quinn film we deserve. It is. It is. That's the song before that. But yes, yeah. I agree. <laughs> so good. Right, my song discovered by Discover Weekly on Spotify. <laughs> good is job, Spotify. Called Colors, and it is by Genevieve. And as with every oh, song, me. I've picked. Uh, oh, have you heard it? Because I've never heard of any of these songs before um, when I hear them. Yeah, Stephen Thompson recommended that one. Oh, like last year, but yeah, it's a great song. On again, it's on again. It's that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think Stephen recommended Colors on All Songs Considered, not ah. Pop Culture Happy Hour, which might be why. Okay. You're just discovering. I have never now. listened to All Songs Considered, and every time they mention Bob Boylan, I picture Bob Balaban from Moonrise Kingdom <laughs> in his little red hat. And I know it's not the same guy. Uh, or is it? So, yeah, we each talk about a snack that we like to eat at the moment. My snack, because I was thinking about food that I ate on holiday, and Champ's Diner is French toast. <sighs> Great snack. Very nice. It's like bread, and it's fried. I mean, but what it's not fried vegan? bread. It's vegan French toast made with, if not eggs. I have no idea, but it was really tasty. Don't ask. Right, we'll just assume that it was directly vegan. I never found out what the substitute was, <laughs> but it was tasty. Good. Yay. <laughs> Mine is crispy seaweed. I don't know if it's a snack you should eat on your own, but I think it might be sugar-coated packing materials, and I don't care. It's delicious. <laughs> I think <laughs> technically it's cabbage. What the f- <laughs> I think it's like I don't know what I think it is. It's just shredded, deep fried, dehydrated. It looks like with stuff that salt. was uh, surrounding body shop bath gifts in the nineties. Yes. Mm. It's the best. Uh, but no Chinese delivery is complete without it, and it goes no. everywhere. And it's like raffia that I have <laughs> yep. to then hoover You have to up. take the lid off just a, t- a millimeter at a time because it this weighs is... nothing and will fly out of your hand. I feel like there's this whole category of 
knowledge I now want to have, which is like what default things get included with your takeout, because I have never heard of yeah. this particular type of sea- seaweed. It definitely is not a default thing that companies, I, Chinese nope. takeout here. Well, the only we, default we, thing that we get is fortune cookies. Yeah, we, we don't get, get fortune cookies. We get prawn crackers yeah, free. Prawn crackers. Always get a bag of prawn crackers. We get fried wonton strips. I think it's, and of it's course, more that soy we, sauce. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. more and that we sauce. ordered the crispy seaweed as yeah. just a standard. Right, what do we want? Well, crispy seaweed. <laughs> crispy seaweed, egg fried rice, Hong Kong style sweet and sour pork balls. That yeah. famously mm-hmm. real uh, Chinese food. Gold, and then gold and vegetable dumplings. <laughs> now I want to go out for dim sum. Oh. Yeah, Me too, no, Sophie. Oh. Um, well, the snack that I just ate was like very thinly sliced apples with American peanut butter, which is one of the best snacks of all time. One, what alchemy happens to an apple when you slice it? Because like, I like an apple to just like chomp into, but like a sliced apple is so many miles and leagues better. It's like a triangular sandwich. I don't know how it gets so much better. And then the only thing that could make it better than slicing it is peanut butter. And earlier this week, I also ate it with a very, very delicious fancy goat cheese that I bought Mm -hmm. myself as a screw you RMV reward. (laughs) Humboldt Fog goat cheese. Really good. And like a thin sliced apple with some goat cheese. Goddamn. Mm, Goddamn, you guys. And a nice little glass of white wine. Perfect. Everything. You could add also like some roasted almonds on top. Yep. That would be amazing. So into of honey. So, what's your snack this week? My snack. Like we say this every week. (laughs) Right. My snack this week is chopped liver made by my mother on gluten free matzah, which is the only matzah that is worth eating, in my opinion. It has actual flavor. The I have I have sampled many matzahs in my lifetime, and there's the super fancy, very expensive traditional circular matzahs that you can get. Those are the worst. <laughs> the texture is terrible. There is no flavor. It's just like you'll be lucky if you get one that's slightly charred. But that is no way to live. I say down with shmora matzah. No, thank you. Then there's like your run of the mill Manischewitz egg matzah, which is fine. And that is what I grew up eating. And it's totally acceptable. But the really good stuff is gluten free. And I think that what makes it so nice, it has a much more substantial texture. It is more likely to fracture on you, which is annoying, but it's made with potato starch and I think maybe tapioca starch. Anyway, it's delicious. So we had Passover last week and my mom's chopped liver is amazing. So I enjoyed a schmear of it on my gluten-free mouth. I've never eaten chopped liver. (gasps) Well. I only know it as part of an idiom. Which is my dad always liked to say, like, when he felt like we were neglecting, he, what am I, chopped liver? Right. This I know. So in, in that construct, it seems like it's not a very appealing food because it's like the thing left on the table that everybody's right. overlooking. But you are a fan of it. And I feel like a lot of children's and YA books written in the 1970s by Jewish mm-hmm. women also yes. really communicated <laughs> to me the central importance of it. Yeah. So the it's... next time I'm done in Philadelphia, you're going to take me to the dim sum place and mm-hmm. I'll have chopped liver. Yes. <laughs> chopped I had liver dim sum. for the first time when I was in Philadelphia. <laughs> Oh my, oh my god, god. scrapples. <laughs> we discovered it not through John Hodgman, but through Ace of Cakes, because yes. they made him a cake that looked like Scrapple. Wow. <laughs> and the other thing, I had hot Cheetos for the very first time yesterday, and they are delightful. Cheetos Ooh. like the crisp. How does one yeah, eat a Cheeto? Like a cheesy puff. Yeah, like a cheesy puff. Although these are, so you have puffed Cheetos, which are the yeah. ones that are sort of a uniform width all the way through, and are just kind of... um 
like a like a styrofoam pellet. Yeah. And then yeah, you have regular it. Cheetos, which are sort of lumpy, but like crunchier and denser. Yeah. So this is that kind like of Cheeto. Nice and spicy. And, nice and this one is, it's more spice forward, mm. right? Very little cheese flavor. It's basically like that texture with like, just like a gentle, like hot sauce sort of flavor to it. Great work. Mm. Nice. Cheetos. Sounds like a nice and spicy knickknack, is, Yeah, I think that must be a nice yeah. and spicy knickknack. <laughs> Which oh is God. the only flavor of knickknack worth buying. Don't get the sauce and vinegar ones, that's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, the, and, the, and then the cheesy puff ones, are we, we call them Watsits. There we go. Excellent. Needle and thread. Needle and thread. I've done a ton of knitting. Class tell us about it. I finished mm. a sock. Ooh, that is definitely a sock. On Facebook. Yes. So yeah. This is a uh, now the problem with knitting a sock is that a sock is not useful <laughs> because I have two feet. So uh, and this took ages because it's got a lace pattern. This is my pomatomus sock using some ginger <laughs> twist yarn that I got in Edinburgh, which is beautiful and uh, as we previously mentioned, the only variegated yarn that actually looks good when it's knitted up and not just in a ball. So I have knitted one sock, and now I'm taking a break because it took forever, and I don't want to start another one. Can you hold up the the pattern again? I just want to see. It's so pretty. Beautiful. You know what it reminds it looks me like of? Wi-Fi. It looks. <laughs> it does. It also. It also looks like um. You know the Japanese artist Hokusai. Yes, I do. I think I it. Don't. I think it looks like that. He was a. Um, the famous painting of like the is it, giant is that the wave. wave. It's like it reminds me of Hokusai. That is an excellent. I'm very pleased with that comparison. <laughs> I've also made a hat. <laughs> Are you sending it to Prince George? Oh my god, it's so cute. Um, this is the uh, Tiny Owl Knits Deer with Little Antlers hat. And, oh, uh, little it's going to have little antlers, but I was oh playing Young god. Chicken. So currently it's... it's just a hat with ears. Little it's deer so ears. cute. Rosie? Yes? too adorable to be real <laughs> okay well i also did a mystery little long in which we had to make an elf so <laughs> um she currently has no arms she's armless you might say uh, i was waiting to see what the pattern was going to be so i could pick yarn from my stash and then it turned out that it was uh the head was the pattern this week and it was going to be a little elf person so she's got pointy ears so I then caught up very quickly, and, and she's got little braids with extra colours in because she's an elf, and she's got uh, basically the same hair as Princess Anna. Yeah, she's got a little cute face with all safety. Adorable. <laughs> I love her face. Um, thank you, thank you. And so I just have to do her arms, and then for the next three weeks we'll get clues as to what she's going to be wearing. Nice, very exciting. I love mystery knitalongs; they're super fun. <laughs> um, so and this is beautiful the second work. One. Thank you. So. This is my little armless elf and a hat and a sock. And uh, I've also written an essay. So that was procrastination. Casual. Look at you. All those accomplishments, just racking them up. Yeah, I'm pretty chuffed. I'm pretty chuffed. You should be. Thank you. Jessica. I've made nothing. Margaret. (laughs) Craft wise this week. I did make that bolognese, though, promised in the previous episode. Oh, I bet it was delightful. Yeah. I made two desserts that were things I had never made before. Um, for <laughs> This was for the Seder at my parents' house, which my family, my immediate family that I live in now is not religious at all. Um, but I grew up in a fairly observant Jewish family and my parents host a Seder at the beginning of Passover every year. And my mom had said like, oh, you know, it would really be super helpful if you would make a dessert. And because I am her daughter, I made two. Um, (laughs) 
So one of them was a raspberry macaroon tart, um, which was great and which I will totally make again, but it needs to be made in a springform pan and that wasn't specified in the recipe. And definitely a more proficient remover of desserts from pans <laughs> would have been fine, but like I am not that person. So I need a, I need a springform pan for future adventures with this but it was super easy to make it was very delicious not vegan sadly but the oh no the chocolate idiot cake is also not vegan because it has eggs in it i'm sorry i'm oh, i feel so bad that i couldn't <laughs> provide like a uh, vegan thing. that's right all the more for us <laughs> yeah true true uh the chocolate idiot cake there's a zillion flourless chocolate cakes out there my usual objection is that a lot of them substitute um some kind of nut flour for regular flour and that dilutes the chocolate flavor, which I think is kind of like defeating the purpose of a chocolate dessert. It yeah. should taste chocolate. So this one is has no flour of any kind, uh, nut or otherwise, in it and is so silky and so dense and so chocolatey. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, it's been over a week. We still have leftovers, so it keeps beautifully in the fridge. Those are my two things. I'll be happy to share the recipes with you guys if you want for the, um, the show notes. I would love that. What have we seen this week? What have we seen this week? Oi! Well, our main thing that if you want to know what people have seen is to make sure that you subscribe to Two Bossy Dames because yes. then you get what Margaret and Sophie have seen every week. Because it's Dames true. See all. It's true. And also, you will then realize where we get all of the things we talk about in this segment. <laughs> I have a couple of things. One was a little gift set I saw on Twitter, which is a red carpet event. With Tom Hiddleston, Carrie Fisher, and Carrie Fisher's dog, Gary. Oh, Lord. And, I mean, I thought Carrie and Gary could get no better. And then they add Hiddleston to the mix. And there's a point where Carrie says, uh, uh, he's, he's bored, we have to go. And then she tries to leave Tom on the, the red carpet. And then Gary stays with Tom. And it's all great. And wow. I mean, I just love it. I mean, Tom Hiddleston, animal adjacent, always great. But then yeah. with Gary Fisher. Love it. That's amazing. Yeah, that's really good. We have um, an ongoing debate about fracking in the UK, which, uh, <laughs> if you're not familiar with, is the act of drilling very, very deep into the ground to get oil. We are anti it, but the government seems to think it's a good idea. And um, Emma and Sophie Thompson have released a video of them in a kitchen um, wearing their pinnies, setting up a uh, campaign for stopping fracking through the medium of baked goods. <laughs> It's exactly what would happen if, like, the two of us did something like that. And they're sort of trying to put each other off. And it's very silly, but it's, like, achieving good things. The Radio 2 Folk Awards were this week. Lovely. And uh, oh. Miss Sandy Denny of Fairport Convention was inducted into the Folk Hall of Fame. What was particularly that caught my attention is that her famous song, Who Knows Where the Time Goes, was performed by Mr. Rufus Wainwright. Uh, and oh. it is an absolutely wonderful cover version of an already wonderful song, and I recommend it wholeheartedly. Sounds great. We'll be checking that out. I'm Good. sending you guys some photos pertinent to what I've seen this week that are just popping up in the chat. Oh. Um, this is the oh, dog yes. oh. I'm meant to have. So there are rescue organizations in Brooklyn who – actually, there are rescue organizations all over, but it's certain in Brooklyn who figured out, like, the best way to get people to adopt pets is to give them names of other famous people. The dog that I have just sent you guys is Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> oh, my God. She is a tiny black terrier with very, very shaggy fur and a beard, and she is the cutest dog in the entire world, and she's all I want. <gasps> 
from Sorry, life. Just Can you see her now? <laughs> yeah. She's too she's much. She's too much. She's so cute. Um, so Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is the dog I'd meant to have. And we'll see. Maybe someday I will have her. I hope she would have a frilly lace collar on. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I would get her a frilly lace collar is the thing. Um, so that everybody would recognize her <laughs> as Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Sometimes the celebrity names are a little ersatz. It's like, oh, you just picked this out of a hat. It has nothing to do with the dog. But in this particular case, like, I really feel like she does look just like tiny and scrappy and old in just the same way that Ruth Bader Ginsburg does. I love her so much. So there's that. And then two, speaking of Obama, just released in the U.S. is the trailer for uh, <gasps> Southside with You, which is like a romantic comedy like a loosely fictionalized account of the Obama's first date in uh, Chicago. And I am so destroyed just by the trailer. It's so good. I, I'm pretty sure. Did I text you last night about like how yeah, you were texting? You were texting the dames. Oh my God. Dames and bros. It's so good. It is the cutest thing in the world. It's, the cutest thing in the world. <laughs> it's so adorable. It's so charming. All your romantic comedy wishes are met oh. by this trailer. Absolutely. And they're so, the actors are so beautiful, which they they're, have to be because they they're playing are. the Obamas. And they nail it oh, so, so funny, perfectly. Cute. But it's not like a weird impression. Yeah. It's, yes. they just make them materialize on the screen before <laughs> your eyes. And I totally cried. Like I'm so excited to see so it. It's excited. not out until August. It's not out until August. Yeah, we have to wait August. quite a while for this amazing Ugh. work of fan fiction. So I have a lot of young friends who are very obsessed with the uh, ColourPop cosmetics, um, which are very affordable. They're like $6. So I got my first ColourPop lipstick yesterday because my friend Christina decided a color would look good on me. And so she just bought it for me. Uh, Another media duo, Christina of the Unfriendly Black Hotties podcast. The greatest podcast name. So good. They're so good. Strong, strong work. Uh, So I have a magenta that's got just like a slight blue tinge to it called the rabbit. And it looks so unreasonably good on me you guys <laughs> nice. i really loved it and they're six dollars it's 600 pennies as the hotties would say it's like no <laughs> money um That's so, any pop. yeah and i had it on all night and threw a full scorpion bowl and it was still visible on my lips without drying them out so it's a nice. miracle was it a gloss or was it a lippy it's uh it's one of the ultra satin lips okay so it's in a tube that you yeah. apply on yeah just because Sophie is uh, dipping her toe into the waters of bold lips. Because <laughs> um, it's just leaking up the chain, basically. It is. It's like I, I've gotten deep lip. in with bold lip, um, with like team bold lip. And, yeah. and Sophie's been around me, and it's just because, like, once you see it, you're like, gosh, it looks great. Like, oh, maybe I could. Maybe hmm. I could. This is my Kimmy Schmidt magenta. Oh, nice. Which is very important. At work, we used to do Red Lip Friday. Ooh. Um, which and the, the the shade of choice is Ruby Woo by Mac, uh, but just nice. any any red lip, uh, yeah. So just be like, yeah, let's do it. That's let's a great idea. Everybody yeah. doing it together, I think, makes it easier yeah, for anybody. Because sometimes to do people it. feel yeah. a bit like it's such a big difference. That yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, can I pull it off? I don't know. Oh, we're all doing it. Everyone, jump in together. Yeah. Feet first. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, is it time for me to say the things that I have seen? Yes. Yes. What all have right. You seen? All right, so one is a thing that I have seen before, but which is so wonderful that I don't want to hesitate to recommend that everybody see it. And that is um, this string of videos that David Diggs made with his good friend. (laughs) David Diggs being the actor who plays 
um, Thomas Jefferson and the Marquis de Lafayette in Hamilton, for those who are not super into that yet. Um, <laughs> We're coming. It's only a matter of time. Um, he made this delightful series of videos with a good friend of his where they do like panel for panel reshoots of some of their favorite Calvin and Hobbes comic strips and they're black and white and he plays Hobbes and his friend plays Calvin. They are hilarious. They are touching. You can get gift sets of them on Gippy <laughs> and it's a part of my self-care routine. If I find myself yeah. feeling low, I'm like, you know what? I will invest five minutes and watch all of these videos. That's all it will take you. It's not like you're going to go and like fritter away an hour on something. No, it's perfect, perfect, perfect dosage of sunshine in your life. So that is one thing. Another is this lip balm that I'm completely obsessed with. So I first heard about this on another team of ladies podcast, Call Your Girlfriend. Um, and the talk. <laughs> uh, so the, the company is Glossier and the product is balm.com and I'm a lip balm fanatic. I have tried so many lip balms. I love so many lip balms. I've had to throw away so many lip balms. <laughs> this is the very best one I have ever used in my life. I'm That's very tinted. It's so good. So I highly recommend that. Well, on the on the, the docket, if you will, is the now we have to do sadness at parting, which oh, I think is this section. Nah. I am sad at parting. I know. I want you guys to come back. Just come back and stay here forever. Just apparate. I, why does that not exist? Why did they close yeah. Concord? Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> I love how we just like found each other and were like, oh, we're all best friends now. This is cool. It's like, yep, yeah, honorary yeah, sisters. Like, That's how the internet works. A week. Thank you yeah. guys for finding us and then saying yes. those things about us so that we found you. Um, I miss you guys super hard yeah. and uh, wish that I had the money to visit you in England a lot. Well, when our inevitable marriage is wealthy yep. convenience takes place that will be okay. exactly this has been amazing this thank you so, so much for coming on the show and for oh, being our transatlantic sister friends yes bye bye, bye. Thank you for having you on us. the internet To find out more and to read show notes, find links and photos for this and past episodes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at say hello to rosieandjessica at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at the Day of Fun Show. Rosie and Jessica t-shirts are now available. You can shop for all your Day of Fun needs at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash ohmygreyhounds. And now you can become a monthly subscriber and support Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun at our Patreon. Just visit patreon.com forward slash Rosie and Jessica. Thanks for listening. I was trying to remember the other day which one of my friends had just started going out with a guy called Mike and then I remembered that that was tied to Sandra Madonna, not my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, somebody's going out with a Mike guy. <laughs>